welcome to the AUB student podcast. We're back. Hey. <laughs> uh, so this is the first episode of the second season, I guess. Like, that's mm. kind of cool to say. Um, and today we have a lot of cool people with us as well. So first of all, because it's Black History Month, uh, we decided to kind of join Louise, who is the organizer of all of the events that are going on this month throughout university. Uh, so hi, Louise. Hi. <laughs> uh, and then we have Stella, who runs the International Society. Hello. And then we have Janet, who's from Philly, hey, and you're originally from Kenya. Kenya. Um, so yeah, and also we have Michael, who's a new member of the society, Hello. and he's helping, is helping me out and like kind of figuring out how it works. Uh, so, as we were saying, um, Louise is running the kind of like the events. How is that going? <laughs> it's going really well. So basically, as of last year, I went for race equalities officer because yeah. I just didn't think there was enough about being a diverse inclusive environment at AUB. Yeah. And it kind of angered me because I've come from a very diverse background, coming to AUB and not seeing anyone colour constantly became quite isolating. So I kind of wanted to do something to change that. And um, we didn't really do anything Black History Month the year before. And it was kind of like, this is supposed to be a massive celebration of culture and history that is always constantly overlooked. And it was being overlooked again. And I was like, we're not having this. We're not having this. So in May, I was like, I'm planning Black History Month. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And six months later, we're now in October, and I've somehow halfway through Black History Month, and it's it's going really well. That's amazing. You've done so well. So yeah, well. I haven't made anything go disastrously yet. Like touch wood. <laughs> That's also wood, but like <laughs> it's going okay. Like we had a really cool workshop yesterday that Stella actually went to. We did like a yeah, collage. Collage about like expanding the horizons, talking about how definitely going up in England. Um, we talked about a very like colonial view of history and how, like being from a, a uh, being like a colonizer, how it's so great and how the colonies love us and how we did them a favor and how they all like live in mud shacks basically, which is absolute like lies. And it was really interesting like getting images of cities yeah. from Africa, which are really vibrant cities like you would mistake for like the likes of London and like Barcelona. And we're constantly being told that, oh, they need our aid, they need us to support them because we are we are Britain, we are this power that always help other people. And it kind of gets a bit sick because it's just, it's not true. And it's this sense of colonialism that still lies within our culture that I really yeah. want to combat. Yeah, that's really cool. Like, because of course there's the history part of it that's like always there. And people tend to like, kind of ignore that, forget about it. I think this Black History Month is giving us an opportunity just to like talk about it and celebrate it. It's not meant to be me giving you a lecture at all. No, like, exactly. It's giving the opportunity for students. Yeah, yeah, like the cultural appropriation workshop that is next week is definitely going to be a heated discussion. Yeah. And I'm going to try and keep yeah. it as cool and cut, like, color, cut, what's the word? Calm as possible. <laughs> Calm as controlled, possible. Yeah. Controlled. Like I don't. I like had a fear that someone's gonna like throw a chair or something like dramatic will happen. Yeah. Because cultural appropriation is a really touchy subject for a lot of people, and a lot of people, no matter your background, get very angry about it very quickly. Yeah. And I want to understand why people get so mad about it. Mm. Like, I want to understand that as well because I don't. I, I don't get it. Yeah. Like everyone wants to get rid of the lines, but then they keep creating. 
bigger line. Right. Like, I feel like oh, we, we all want to be one person, but then mm. don't, don't do that. Don't mm. say this. Don't walk here. Mm. It's like just. It's so like regarding that, what's what's like the like guidelines for it? Like, in the sense that like I know we you know yeah we've discussed this before. I guess but it's like I would say like appreciate someone's culture. Like if yeah. you want to yeah. appreciate it, that's different. If you're just appropriate for like a fashion trend. And like sincerely please don't it generally it's when people get like dreadlocks or box sprays because kim kardashian or one of the kardashians has got it that's not a thing please don't be doing it yeah. like especially with things like dreadlocks people don't actually understand the <coughs> true meaning of where dreadlocks are coming from so they do it for a fashion trend and they do it for an aesthetic and they're not really understanding how and why dreadlocks came around and why what they're linked to slavery is and they kind of forget about it like oh it's just a fashion thing for thousands and thousands of people it's not just a fashion thing it was a like sign of rebellion against their slave master mm. so when you're whipping your dreadlocks around when you're not supposed to have them please remember oh, like yeah. please don't like yeah. that bit does annoy me because like, people don't understand it correctly i like that you're creating like a safe space for people to speak like you're not saying um you can come and like only get educated yeah. it's, it's yeah. almost like you know say what you think and say what you want to say say what you believe and then like we can talk about it and like get to the same mm. level of understanding which yeah. which is good because it's it's inclusive it's yeah because a lot of times people have different like opinions on things mm. even though they might even be from the same places yeah for example i see i think of dreadlocks differently i think i think of it all differently like um i understand like the whole you know ancestors and you know they had the dreadlocks you know the, i get it but i also kind of feel like is no one ever allowed to have dreadlocks now mm. i understand the background but then i also i also i feel like it shouldn't be that no one should be allowed to ever have dreadlocks again mm. because there's so much time left there's millions of years yeah and for all that time people won't always remember like mm. what the background is and it's good to remember it's good to respect but then it's also like it's it's a fashion trend and it it just is what's happening you know it's just yeah like we we get like it shouldn't be only black people who should yeah, be allowed I forever to definitely agree with that i think it's the fact that with those hairstyles that um a person of color would get say they went to job interview and they had dreadlocks they would be kind of like disqualified for the job. They would be like, oh, yeah. look, I'm untidy. Um, yeah. But a person of Caucasian descent having them, oh, you're fashionista, oh, that's so cool, doesn't matter. Yeah. I think if it was an equal level, uh, an equal playing field of it didn't matter your hairstyle and it didn't count against someone of colour for having that hairstyle, yeah. it would be okay. <laughs> and I, would, I wouldn't have, a, I guess, an issue with it. But it's the fact that people of colour kind of get um, judged for it and kind of it counts against them in like places of work but if you were caucasian it would be fine mm -hmm. and that imbalance is kind of why i think it aggravates a lot of people yeah. yeah i think if it didn't make a if it wasn't about it being imbalanced and it was fine <coughs> i don't think i would ha generally have an issue yeah. with it as much but i think it's like if you so ask the issue is more it, inequality and yeah just, i think that's just, just being seen differently yeah i think yeah. inequality is major one of the major reasons around cultural appropriation why people are angry yeah, about it is so. it's inequality like i had it at school so my friend at school had braids and she first of all got blue 
to match the blue, blue like uniform, uniform color and she was to- she wasn't told she wasn't allowed it and they're like you're not allowed blue so okay i got and she got blonde in it and they're like no 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 you're not allowed blonde in your hair it's not natural and i'm like so our friend who's caucasian over here has gone from blonde to red to black in the last month and that's natural but but because she's this person who was nigerian had her braids and had blonde bits that's not natural you're not allowed that so people of color were only allowed black or red that's red was the, no, we the extra even, we weren't even allowed braids at one point yeah like braids were seen as you know like that's a, a fashion statement or like that's not your natural hair so we weren't allowed braids at one point like we had to petition in order to get our own hair i don't understand it ludicrous it's crazy. That, that's the thing that's also why i think when we see people that like, i yeah. see people that don't <laughs> have that like natural hair that are having braids much see you're allowed that at my school that wouldn't have been okay and i think constantly throughout my life having those injustices mm. and like inequality yeah i think that's eventually what creates the, the line that yeah, makes you want to it's mine this is like kind of like putting out lines yeah, yeah. and i wish it wasn't that way i wish we could all just have it equal but i feel like half There's people want lines there's a lot of stuff that's still been like un- unresolved unresolved like a lot of things about like race and slavery and all of that yeah. hasn't really been resolved yeah. it's kind of like, oh my god you guys are free like i was reading up about jamaican independence that only happened in 1962 which mm. is like 50 something years ago yeah. it's not it's not that, it's not that long yeah. ago yeah. and i was well, like parents would have been, well. yeah well, that was the year my dad was born so yeah, really yeah. Not that. my dad was born ago. before that so that was the thing like when my dad was born he was not actually he was still a british colony yeah so like when my grandparents came over here they were still under british like they came over in windrush so it's quite interesting having that all play out in the media about windrush and i was looking at the black cultural archives today in um london and what made me laugh is actually on windrush road which i just found just a little bit ironic Mm. because all this stuff that happened over the last like our previous summer about Windrush and about please explain me what Windrush is I'm uneducated Um, so basically it was people from mainly Jamaica don't quote me on that I know a lot more about Jamaica Um, but so the immigration office then came knocked on their door recently like oh you're not actually a legal citizen in the UK Mm -hmm. and a lot of them came over as babies came over as children they don't have their landing documents so they came over the ship that first came over from Jamaica to here was Windrush. It was called the Windrush ship and it was a massive thing because basically Britain at the time was like really needing like cheap labour. So they went over to Jamaica with like, hey, come over here, cheap labour. Like, come over here, we want you here. Not to them. We want you, but they were like, cheap labour, cheap labour. So they got like, look, if you're like, you know what, it's a better life. They're like, it's a better, richer life. So mm-hmm. my grandma moved and my granddad moved. Uh, and then they came over here and they realised it was really racist. Yeah. They were not prepared. But like, I was remember talking to um, like my like great auntie. She's like, yeah, the worst thing when I came over here was how cold it was. I could not deal with the cold, could not deal with, deal with the <laughs> lack of sunlight. But it was, we were, it was the sense that we were invited here by the like British government at the time. They they invited us over and then they were going actually the British government now like oh you're actually not allowed here so they trying to deport <laughs> loads of people and obviously it got picked up by the media 
and it was quite an unfortunate state and then they were like oh we're sorry we shouldn't have done that and like it shouldn't have been picked up by the media for then you to go oh we shouldn't have done that for them to apologise but I think a lot of things in our country and in our media play out unfortunately like things with like Grenfield like how that's being played out because of the kind of diversity in the building of who died and Mm -hmm. the fact they weren't wealthy Mm -hmm. and how it's being all sweeped under the rug yeah. I like how people are oh like slowly just forgetting, forgetting about forgetting it about, yeah and that's what they want is because they haven't actually got anyone accountable for it yeah. because we all know who's accountable but they're refusing to actually blame who the group who do you say was accountable I think it's mainly the council that like wanted to put the cladding on it was yeah. also the fact they didn't like check the cladding they had multiple emails saying like you had like there was a lot of conversation Even the elevator was broken like things were broken yeah. like there was a lot go that could have like one thing like even just putting like fire safety routes and like things mm, could have done anything mm-hmm. would have prevented that tragedy and then they're now trying to blame the fire brigade so i was talking to my friend whose dad's a f- like works for the fire brigade and they're trying to blame them now mm. for apparently sense. not doing their job and they're like if they had known how bad the environment was they wouldn't have gone in they said they, le- they they wouldn't have let their staff gone in they wouldn't have let them gone in because it would have been too dangerous yeah so it's a fact that they're trying to blame other parties, but they're just not looking in the mirror. Yeah. It's because we didn't actually look after everyone and we don't live in an inclusive environment yeah. where we look after our community. Yeah. So if you're poor, fair enough, but they put you in a building and then they're, oh, let's put cladding on so the rich people of that area don't have to look at the fact you're poor. And then that cladding burns them alive. Is that fair? Was it fair? It was a cheap yeah. cladding. They did it mm, cheaply it like because they didn't. Basically, it was all for aesthetic, I mean, yeah. but at the end of the day, they they murdered so many people, and they are not even saying they can't even get the death count right because they're still trying to find people. Yeah. There's still people that they have not been able to identify because they're going through teeth records, and that's not a way a government should be running, and it's a way that they've hidden <coughs> it in like in some deceitful manner that yeah. does kind of upset me. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you think if there had been a much um, smaller diversity in that building there would have been a different social reaction because obviously in that particular area Grenfell there's a very large there's a very large black community it's a very yeah. large Muslim community not a huge amount of white people living in that one area mm. do you think if it had maybe been say say Chelsea where there's a large, much larger population of white people different reaction yeah I think it's also if it was much like it would have been a much larger reaction if it was people that are more wealthy as well. I think it was like a Caucasian group of middle class people, mm. and that had happened to them. I think there would have been a lot larger outrage, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Because I think a lot of people were going, well, that could have been us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas when I feel like people have put up the race divide going, oh, well, they're like they've come to England, it's their fault, like they're trying to blame people who passed away almost. Yeah. Like it's their fault for trying to have a better life for their feel family. Like your parents might like have seen all of this and experience all of it like a bit more directly than you guys do um because your grandparents you were saying like mm. they came here and everything and they might like because we were talking about how your parents were like you know earlier we were saying before we were recording like your dad was, was saying like stop posting about this stuff yeah do you think they like putting the pressure on you to like act a certain way and do a certain things because they're scared that this kind of like stuff happens to you guys yeah i think my parents were very like my dad grew up in like arna's grove he like lived in chelsea for a bit during like riots the police yeah. riots of I presume like 
he must have been 20 late 1970s or something there was police riots in london yeah and he remembers like being there seeing all of it and he remembers all the experience of like like a lot of injustice done by the police so i think that effect of um kind of learning from him how like race has been like divided people was quite interesting but it also like my dad and my mum were kind of like wanted to not raise me ignorant but they didn't want me to know about all the atrocities that had happened yeah like they wanted me to kind of grow up as as much like in the sense of not understanding like the jamaican heritage to kind of focus more on being I guess Caucasian. I guess a bit more white, like not so understanding. Like trying to protect you. Protecting well. in. What, what does that mean? A bit more white. What do you so mean? like not knowing about my history on my grandparents' side, like not really understanding. Like they didn't really want to speak about slavery. They, they sheltered like, you. They sheltered like they yeah. proper like they made like a bubble wrap wrap me mm. up for like. They want you to act in different ways. Uh, yeah, different like people. it could have been for you to fit in and feel better about yeah. you know wow yeah, yeah to feel better in the environment that you were in because I had the same experience like when I first came here uh, at 11 I lived in uh, Peckham like that area and then my mom obviously would see all these things going on in the, in the media people getting stabbed and like killed and mm. stuff and then they decided to move us to Kent so I feel like little things like that, like are signs yeah. of you know you wanting to either shelter, uh, protect, or you know um, have a better life like for your kids. And stuff. <clears throat> yeah, we were exactly the same because yeah. I grew up in Kenton and we got moved out to Watford. Yeah, because the schools and stuff. And my dad was saying, like the local school I would have gone to, my brother would probably like cu- like probably come out the same. But they were like, we were worried about you. You're way too impre- like we would worry that you would come out like. Like, like being some, I guess, someone from the street. Like, you know, I will speak yeah. more slang. I would have, like, what they're... Like, someone that's rough. Yeah, like the stereotypes. Yeah, like, so like a the, stereotype. The road men that we have in... Yeah, the road men. They didn't want me to become yeah. the road wifey, basically, <laughs> right. as my dad would describe it. Like, like, how do you, like, feel about that? Because, of course, you, you come from a different environment. Um, so, like, do you feel like your parents have, like, that as well? Like, they have certain... Ways to like shield you from certain things, I guess. The thing is, <clears throat> growing up, there's nothing to shield me from. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, exactly. Was, That's what was I was. And um, but you know, I could I could feel the aggression when my dad came in co- into contact with like white people or like mm. saw them or even was watching them. And it's weird because when I was young, I grew up only with black people, but for some reason, I wanted to look like Shakira. So, and I was like, mom, how, how do I look like Shakira? And she just ignored me until I went to my sister. And she was like, if you want to, if you want to be white, because for some, and I grew up with only black people, so yeah. I don't know how this idea came into my mind. And she's like, if you, if you want to be white, um, go uh, wash your hand with Jake, which is um, bleach and then iron yourself oh. and then go hang yourself. No, but she was joking. You see, she yeah. said this like in the yeah. silliest way. But like I was so I was so serious. I wanted to be white so badly that I went and did that, and so like I had like a bruise over here, and it was like the most painful thing. And my dad oh, found no. it so funny, but then he's always remembered that. And mm-hmm. he, so even when I said I wanted to come to England to study film, he's like, "Why have you always wanted to be white? Why have you always wanted to be like them?" He's almost like he he doesn't want, and he, I I know he doesn't like white people. He doesn't like want. He, he has a hatred. Yeah, yeah. He, he has like a hatred, but he he doesn't even know why so like if you ask him questions he'll uh, he'll give out like ignorant answers 
So you just have a um, we've got written in the notes this thing about uh, black people acting white. Obviously, Shakira is sort of a very big pop icon. Do you mm. think like the pop culture maybe has an influence on? Yeah. Well, um, definitely, especially because yes. most of the things definitely. you see on TV, yes. especially oh. growing up, all the things I saw on TV. I feel like you have to. Yeah. Look a yeah. Way, right? yeah. 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 Like, all my dolls, all my Barbie dolls, they were all white. Yeah. All, all white. Everything. All the cartoons, like, Papa's girls, they were all white. Everything we looked at yeah. as children, I feel like, especially, were all white girls who were skinny, who were like really, really skinny, and like had straight hair. And colorful I remember, eyes as well. Colorful, I always wanted to relax my hair, like I really for years, and I was begging my mom. She was like, and when I got to like fifteen, she's like, okay, we'll, yeah. we'll do it. Like you're fifteen now, like. And I was like, you know what? No, I don't want. Nah, I see what I see what they do. I'm good now. I'm good. Yeah. I just like, are you happy you didn't relax your hair? I'm like, I, I guess so. Yeah. But I found it very difficult as a like when I kind of got into my teenage years mm-hmm. to kind of like get to grips with how I looked because everything I saw was like a white model. It was people like not blaming like the Kardashians or the supermodels of the world. Like you see like Victoria's Secret models and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're constantly bombarded with the imageries, and yeah. and it's not even that. It's also it's, the way people talk. It's almost like film has this way of like making people think yeah. one thing. And I've just started realizing this. Like if you'll see like an average looking character, but then people will say, "Oh, she's so beautiful." Oh, she's everyone in the movie will say, "Oh, she's so yeah. beautiful," and you start thinking, "Oh yeah, she's so beautiful." And so in all these shows, the beautiful girl was always white, yeah. and you were like, "Yeah." I want I to be the beautiful like, girl. For me, I feel like it, that influenced my parents' generation more than me. Because mm. I feel like for us, things are changing. Like, we've actually been mm. exposed yeah, to a lot more. Yeah, television films a lot more. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Things, are, right. things yeah. are changing. Like, blackness or um, other cultures are being celebrated more. So, like, growing mm. up um, with a mom who was raised in Africa and then she comes here and, like, all she's exposed to is this, like, glamour and glitz and stuff, yeah. she would straighten our hair and she would, like, you know dress us in a certain way and like it's only when i was like 13 or 14 when i was like no like this isn't me like and i don't blame her for it but i feel like that's the sort of impact that um stuff like social media has on people especially our parents' generation i feel like it's definitely social media is something it could be a powerful good but it also can be something so harmful Mm -hmm. like i definitely went off Instagram for many years because I was constantly looking at girls that all look the same mm. and you go oh she's pretty she's pretty but then you look back on all the girls you've liked and they're all of like one figure and they like, all look the same they all look the same but there's like the campaign that I think is Dove like real Dove is the running yeah. Campaign, yeah. yeah and I love it because it's all these curvy women it's all like you've got your yeah. like Sally like you've got your stretch marks and it's so true and so honest, and I think it's something yeah, you really needed. I don't, I don't trust in Dove. I'm sorry. The Dove. What? Dove? What's wrong with her? Um, Dove celebrates. Do you know, like, um, when adverts try and capture mm. particular groups? Oh, I feel like Dove does true. that, and you've seen it in um, a lot of adverts where they're like, you know, the black woman and then the mixed woman oh. and the white woman, and then like they try and they're trying, yeah. I think they're trying too hard. Too hard, and I. I but do you know where I also see that paper chase so I went in there over summer and they basically have capitalised on bloody feminism and it annoyed me so much yeah. I walked in like oh girl power like posters and like notebooks and I'm like 
great you're advocating but you're doing it because you know people will buy them right. and I'm I think just that's like, feminism I think that's making a mockery of a yeah it's, ca- it's capitalising yeah. on feminism yeah. it's abusing the fact that feminist has actually got quite a movement going at the moment yeah. feminism has changed and it's, it's changed really yeah. just happened. and I don't they're just taking it yeah I think the important thing about that is like that he has to be intersectional intersectional as well like mm-hmm. you can't just you know talk about certain things mm-hmm. because they benefit you and you talk about feminism you have to talk about Every woman, yeah, yeah. Yes. But the thing is, like, not hating on the library. <laughs> Our library has so it has its feminist section, great. Has nothing on it like intersectional feminism at all. Yeah, there's stuff about cultural studies is pretty much non-existent. Like, there's anything about like Black history, pretty much non-existent. Like, if you try and find stuff, it's so difficult. Our library, um, and it's like five yeah. books. A library only seems to have like really artsy books. Like, there's nothing. It's very. Yeah, how do you no feel history. like within yeah. uni? Like, do you feel that that represents? History. Do you feel like that represents how you feel in uni as well? Like, like everywhere and. Like, like that's that's the like I'm not calling out AUB. It's a fantastic institution. It is. I love AUB. I love AUB with all my heart. Like, no, yeah, it is. Like, and this is like AUB is the reason why we get to do this, but we need to talk about. I I the facts and figures here actually. So. This year, so, well, actually, it was 16 to 17 intakes, so it was last year's intake of students. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it was two years intake, because... That's... Yeah, yeah, two yeah. years ago, our intake, because they're, they're the closest figures we have at the moment, <laughs> for some... But I don't know why, for some reason. So, the students that came in, um, there was 471 BME students. Um, BME is basically black, mixed race, ethnicity, so it covers quite a broad sense yeah. um, of ethnicity compared to our like intake of white students as it says 2,565 so we intake just over 3,000 students like that's across the board yeah. we have about 3,000 students would you consider the possibility that that was purely coincidence or do you think there is oh no every year this is the best year they had Right. So ev- that's the highest one. Mm-hmm. So the one from the year before, which is higher intake, was like 341 students of BME. But like we great, we have a good retention rate. We have 90% of the students we keep. But it also comes down to having academic staff. So for us, for the ethnicity of academic staff, it's 2% that are non-white. What does a non-white classify? Because that's not just BME now. We're yeah. speaking. Yeah. We're speaking anyone that isn't British mm-hmm. is 2%. How is that an inclusive environment to teach the next generation of artists if we're just separating it? Like, I'm trying to get currently speakers in of colour because we are taught a very, like, by white males constantly, and it's not a negative thing, they are very knowledgeable. But if we want to make a more inclusive environment at AEB, we need people of colour. And I'm not just talking about having people from um, the Caribbean or from, um, like, Africa. I'm talking about having people from like Brazil yeah. or you know all over the place we've got like Malaysian like other countries yeah. not just and I'm people sure there's other like factors English. as well like you know application yeah. like who applies for these jobs and stuff like that definitely there's <laughs> other factors <laughs> like also South how many Coast. black people there are in Bournemouth yeah exactly. South Coast is a very predominantly white, white area. area but a lot of our tutors like especially if you find out a lot of them do commute in we have several mm-hmm. that commute in from London yeah. and one that commutes in from like Cardiff so it's not a problem of them reaching out like it's a problem that maybe they're not like fair enough people might not be applying for those roles yeah 
but if there's something they could do about it that would be great like even getting visiting artists yeah. to come in yeah, like fair enough yeah. you can't hire them but at least get visiting get, artists to come like, and do guest talks lectures that, yeah. Yeah. Just, or just accept more black students yeah and then hire them after. but then don't even start because like so the issue probably with why we don't have that many black students is a the attainment gap is a real thing when people yeah. say it doesn't exist don't be starting it, it exists the secondly the area so we have a very white population in Bournemouth it's not a negative thing that is just the south coast in general mm. then we have the issue of a lot of parents that I know definitely with my dad who has worked hard like he saw his mum work hard she had four jobs they, when they immigrated like they've worked really hard to be here they've worked hard to kind of get in like have a good like financial setting in England they go why do you want to do the creative arts that's true like I'm not saying like I, like, I know a lot of people of colour like I talk to their parents like why you want to do creative yeah. arts do what something vocation. are you actually studying yeah what are, are you doing, doing so you think there's a lack of encouragement to go yeah. down my dad was my dad was more like discouragement like you, it's you're actively not discouraged and I don't want to say a whole community there are some parents Literally. that are pro it but most of my parents like friends that I know people of colour like my friend's gone to do a degree um, in doc- being a doctor what's that medicine <laughs> and you can tell I'm tired medicine yeah she wanted <laughs> to, she wanted to do art and her parents were like no sister you're not doing that so people she, she's now doing medicine so why, still, why do you think that is like why um, in uh, that culture would um, parents discourage their child from um, going down the path they want to if it because was I don't think they believe it will achieve it will a job yeah. they want something vocational that they know their child will have I a job like, I think it's also because it's all, it's already hard enough for us to get jobs yeah. how can mm. we take ourselves into the office yeah. mm-hmm. that's not it's basically what you're doing is you're giving yourself no job mm-hmm. and then to, and then when you give like when you say someone like a celebrity you're like well yeah like Beyonce <laughs> it's like you're, how many Beyonce yeah it's like there? it's either mm-hmm. like all or nothing it's all yeah. or no- and it's yeah. always all or nothing I don't think yeah. it's, it's not- discouraging to like mm. be harsh or mean I think it's yeah. actually for your betterment like yeah. they want you to do they well they just want life. you to do yeah. well because they've given yeah. up like she was saying they've given up everything for you to be here yeah. for you to decide that you've de- you're going to take the worst <laughs> road possible in your life yeah. it's, 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 it's bad yeah. and that's why I feel like a lot of um my black friends or yeah black friends who are doing the creative subject they have. They feel like they have to prove themselves. Like they have Definitely. to succeed, no yeah. matter what. In you what have to doing. work three times as hard. To exactly. Get you taken have to seriously keep working hard way. all the time, and then when yeah. your parents call, they, you don't even. You go like, oh yeah, hi, hey, what? For like two minutes, and then strategy. So this is what I'm doing. Yes. This, is, this is how I'm gonna be successful. Yeah. So basically, my grades. Yeah. And how's everyone else doing? They're also doing well. You got a seventy-five. That's that's good in my class. That's still not good. Yeah. No, I. You're never gonna be good enough. I like so I went to my dad so I got a two one I got one mark off the first so well that's not good enough like <laughs> and I was like dad it's fine like you know it's first year like I, I know I could have done yeah. a lot better like I, I did like ease off the brakes a little I didn't go like full pass like well yeah but you should be getting first I'm like cool yeah but it's got like, a two one first of all it's Why really freaking hard to get a first I still don't understand how it works like mm-hmm. I had to go to my tutor like how do I like how do I get the grade I want because I'm not understanding how this is working because you're working so hard and then you're seeing like you're crazy yeah. Yeah. why am I always working yeah. it like, actually is the worst and it's like constantly like I always feel like, like there's a pressure to me to prove myself the worst type of yeah. pressure as well yeah. kind of like oh we weren't expecting I think like, that's pretty prominent in most minority communities yeah. so it's obviously stereotyped um, for Asian children to 
I'd always be doing well in school. I come from a Jewish background um, and I was sort of always encouraged, try your best, mm-hmm. work harder than everyone else, but I didn't feel that I was capable of doing that. Yeah. But, you know, it's uh, and when you don't achieve uh, what your parents think you should, then you get a very negative response from it. Yeah, yeah. I am quite blessed with the respect. Like, my dad does want what's best and he does push, but I think my parents have always been very accepting of, yeah, we want you to do the best you can, but as long as we know you're working. That's what my parents Like, my parents, like, like, when I, like, felt like I didn't do very well on my GCSEs, like, no, Louise, you don't understand. You've worked hard. We saw you do, like, six hours of revision a day for, like, two months. Like, we know that you're trying. We know it's not, like, we know you're not necessarily, like, the most academic type, but you work. Mm-hmm. so hard yeah but I think there's a pressure because I'm from a mixed race background so two of my cousins so I'm I've got a very close-knit family that I've got two cousins and one brother we meet up regularly we're all around the same age so we're all at uni age basically so my cousin like has graduated he's now just graduated his master's my other cousin's now just starting his master's wow. my brother's getting first in his degree and he's got an internship so the and I'm the youngest, so there's a lot of pressure for They're me to. Next, <laughs> They're like so, and I'm the yeah. only girl. They're so like, so what are we doing? We know you work hard. What are you doing? So not only you have to work hard because like, of your background, you have to work hard because you're a girl, mm-hmm. and like then you have all of this to like seriously yeah. like props to you for I, getting. I put a lot of pressure on myself, but I think I've always put a pressure on myself. Is when people go, how do you balance all these plates? I'm like, because I don't drop one, and if I drop one, I pick it back up, I glue it back up, I carry on. And that's always been my mentality since I was young. I kind of not like I'm not competitive, but I like to be the best at what I do. And I've kind of got to an age where I want to be the best that I can be, and that's enough for me. Yeah, that's yeah, good. That's as long as it doesn't drain, like you don't feel terrible if you don't do well. You know, oh, like, yeah. you know there's I people don't. that shut down when they don't. No, Louise. I don't shut down, <laughs> Louise. No, no you I think it's shut okay. Down. It's okay to take a break when you feel like things are too much. That's yeah. completely normal. That was like, last it's important. Year. It's important to like know when your limit is and mm-hmm. when you need to like step back a second. Yeah. And then the important yeah. thing is that you tell yourself that you can keep doing it. Like you know, it, it's hard because it is. And yeah. Within university, I feel like that you question a lot of of that throughout the time. Like yeah, I you think know, it's it's. There's a pressure to succeed at uni. You always you wonder what you're about. Yeah. 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 I'm going to make it while you're here. Yeah. yeah. You it, especially with creative I was going to add into what you were saying. Because like, I feel like in um, African homes as well, there's um, a... I don't, I don't know. Like when you tell other people, oh, my daughter or my son is doing this. It's like showing off. That's showing off. There's a culture around that. And like... I'm so lucky that I didn't have that because my dad was born here, my stepdad. So I feel like he educated and helped my mum understand that it's it's okay for our kids to fail. It's okay for them to do, you know, amazing. And it's okay for them to want to do art. So I feel like um, a lot of other people, Jewish, African, any other people, have that pressure as well. Like, they're not only trying to get their parents to be accepting, accepting of them. It's, of the, them. Whole it's the whole family, the whole community. Yeah, it's a learned kind of like behavior i guess yeah. like that everybody keeps carrying on but that's what's important yeah. is that we break that habit and we break that circle just why we're here to talk <laughs> about this yeah. Yeah. Um, but i feel like we've like, like therapy it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i feel like we've covered everything and there's still so much so to talk much about yeah. well it's always so, much, so much more to say mm. like which you know we'll keep the conversation going as i said to you guys before like yeah. 
we start this with Black History Month, mm. but it doesn't end yeah. here. Like, we'll definitely have topics. We'll definitely have things to, like, we'll definitely hear from Louise again. But Louise is actually in the process of creating a uh, People of Color Society. Like, it's in the process. We're trying to, like, start it up. Um, we're hoping it will go through. Like, it will. It, I can't see why pretty, We're not, like, certain it will go it through, should. but it... Hopefully it will go through because it's not. We're not asking for money. We are just asking, basically, for a room booking every two weeks to sit down. We're all people too. Yeah, yeah, just for people of color. People of color. I'm keeping it open, um, because I think if you're from a minority background and you are at AUB, it's very isolating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it very isolating. Yeah. Sometimes and you feel like you don't. Even it does. It eats away. I feel very away. lucky to have the JSOC, even though it's quite small. It's nice to. Yeah. It's, just it's nice, nice to have, to have like a, a group yeah. of unity. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, especially in fine art, um, we don't. It's not like you clump together if you're a person of color. It's just us. But it's <laughs> like it is kind of. Yeah. There's not many of us, yeah. and we're aware of that. So. Are you both in fine art? We're yeah. both in fine art, but it's also it's I don't know. If you do, you have the pressure of fine art. Like I will make work. It will not be related to my race. I'd be like, oh, so is this about like slavery? And I'm like, do you not? No! Yeah, 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 keep going. Yeah, I wrote a script, yeah. I wrote a script and it was about a woman, it was about this woman who goes, um, she's a nurse and she ends up betraying this child. And I told it to my tutor, I'm not going to say the tutor's name. (laughs) But she was like, I'm so happy you're writing um, a story about Ebola in West Africa. And I was like... I'm not. Oh. I was like, this, I, in fact, I sat there and she, we talked. I talked to her for an hour, and the whole time I was thinking, "Did you actually make up a story in your head?" And she's like, "It's so good to address the story of Ebola," and it was because the the nurse was killing. Basically, she helped kill a disabled person, but the disabled person, I never said where it was. It could. It was. It was in England. Yeah, it could I, be I, I It was just a story. Wow. And she's like, it's so nice. And then you, you know, you're West African. I'm not, I'm not West African. I'm, I'm, I'm East African. I'm oh no! <coughs> and to bring in the Ebola, I think it's a good story. And then you know, she went and talked about um, patience, which is ironic because I had none. But <laughs> I would have none. Oh my god! Into that, that, like, how do you? I was just really calm. I was just like, I was just like looking at her, and I was just like, oh my god! I think you should have said something because that is not. A yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That happens. Basically, it's just like it's a crazy thing that people always just want to make it about being black. It is anything you make is about instantly because with people of color, instantly oh, it's about being oppressed. It's about being black. Yeah, yeah. A lot of my work now is race based, but I think there was a lot of pressure on me last year. Like my tutors immediately pegged me to oh, you're going to be talking about racism. Cool, you're going to be our token black person. That was expectation. That was the expectation. Everyone's like oh, kind of like a lot. I think that's why I'm trying to make it an inclusive environment at AUB is mm-hmm. yeah. a lot of people go oh yeah you're my token black friend and stuff like that like those little comments or being called an Oreo and those little comments mm. constantly yeah that's like that build up thing, because like being called an Oreo it's you're, it's, it's like it's, trying to define you it's trying to define me but mm. it's also when people go oh you sound really white what does that mean what does that mean why does it why do I sound white because I'm well spoken because I've grown up in a certain area but like my friends are like, oh I'm from here it's like oh you don't sound like you're from there you sound like you're well spoken like you, mm. you can't possibly like 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 when I've had phone calls and stuff with people and then they meet me we're like oh you sound different to what I would expect I'm like 
What do you expect? Do you expect a 40-year-old woman from Caucasian descent with blonde hair? Like, what do you expect with my voice? And I I definitely said that to you last week. You don't sound like the area you're from, but we're we're from very similar areas. You know where I'm from, and you know some people in Watford have a certain... You, like we have a very unusual slang that kind of develops in Watford. There's like, they Watford's a weird like area. People tell me I sound like I'm from Croydon. See, that's the thing. It's interesting when people go, "Oh, you sound from this area of London," like, and then they kind of like rate like areas of London are cert- like have quite big communities in certain areas, and it's quite interesting how they link people's voices to certain areas of London. Mm-hmm. And I find I find that really I think interesting. It's doable, definitely. It's definitely doable. But then you can also link, like, when they talk about knife crime and stuff in London and what's currently going on with a lot of yeah. people of colour, like, losing their lives in knife crime. And they definitely, like, how they report that in the media is something really interesting. How they're like, oh, it's this ghetto areas, but it's not, it's not, though. Not a lot of the time, it's not these areas that they're talking about. You had oh, something. Yeah, I say something before. <laughs> you were like ready. You were poised. No, I, I listened to this podcast, and um, I think this guy who does like the voiceovers for like um, what's that? What's the thing when you win money? The thing lottery. 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 Yeah, he he was doing like the numbers, and like people got really angry because of his accent because he wouldn't pronounce the three. He was saying three, and then it got really racial and stuff. What the... Yeah. That's just, to be honest, like, um, I'm from Essex, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people just can't pronounce the word free. Mm -hmm. I I can only do it now because I'm thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Big overstatement, to be honest. After achieving it from the corner. <laughs> what did you Free. say? Free. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. You know what we talk about it. Carry on, sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be interesting to talk about more about racial like identity through voice. Yeah. And mm, that's, yeah, talk. I mean, it relates a lot to this, I feel. like. Yeah. And I think it relates to, like, even... Everything. And also yeah. just racial, racial stereotypes. In general, yeah. Because it's just... Yeah. It's not... People should be allowed to be whatever they want to exactly. be. I should be allowed to listen to indie music and like mm-hmm. wear like hipster pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can just well, be I... me instead of being you. You're being white. Yeah. Your music is so white. Janet yeah. is an Oreo. Oh yeah. Or when they go, oh, so you, they start talking to you about like grime or rap or hip hop, presuming that you're going to know them because yeah. you are black. Or my pet peeve, especially, it happens all the time at AUB, is people go, oh, you know. Where like who's your dealer? Like, can I buy weed wow. from you and stuff like? I don't do. I've never done drugs. So like, when you I don't like... know about where you buy dealers, <laughs> no. and people just presume because I'm a person of color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially because I'm half Jamaican and mixed race, and mix, people just presume that I must do weed. Like mm-hmm. it's some like oh yeah, and then or especially when they start talking about Bob Marley and him movie. being the icon, and he's like oh yeah, he's like true black guy I'm like he's mixed then, raised yeah. for starters and I'm just like he's cool. Jamaican like, yeah they're calling the true black guy yeah people I like what it very what is yeah what is a true like you wouldn't go to a white but like you're the true white person like no one I think that's a lot of like talking about like cultural appropriation yeah. talking about racial stereotypes yeah. mm-hmm. and having these lines I think a lot of people um when we think about it we put, think about it in the minority sense but it's interesting to think about it, putting it onto like the sense of majority sense, yeah. like looking at Caucasian people and what stereotypes they face. 
and like what appropriation they also face mm-hmm. so I was talking about this earlier with Nuna in the SU and Beth in the SU about um, in Scotland they had you know like tartan which is a cute like fashion yeah, trend yeah, yeah. how like Scottish people actually have like certain clans will have certain tartan right. and how like that's just been appropriated for cute tartan skirts all over the world that's true and how people feel about that because you mm. wouldn't necessarily go cultural appropriation think of it yeah, yeah. Do you think yeah because I feel like that's also applied to religion a lot of the time as well uh, mm. like you know it's a trend to like get crosses tattooed and like, I come from mm. a very Christian Catholic background even though you know I don't really adhere to it anymore but it's mm. like I, I still feel like when I see people wearing rosaries and stuff like that I still feel like that actually makes me upset. Like yeah. People do wear rosaries. Yeah, it's like that. Rosaries like a necklace usually, or it could be made in a ring as well. Yeah, it's like beads to pray. Is it really? Oh, yes, I'm aware of what they are. No, people, I'm people just wear them like as a trend. But things yeah. like yeah. Uh, things like tartan and even dreadlocks are quite big in other cults. So um, tartan and dreadlocks are a very big part of punk culture, mm-hmm. and they have a very different meaning in that culture. Yeah. Take on their own, their own, yeah, their own meaning, basically. Yeah. But I think, especially like, mm. oh, sorry, in the, like the punk culture with like dreadlocks and with like having tartan, I think I don't discount it's, that. You're like, it's I didn't say. Of, I'm rebelling against Rebellion. And I like that yeah. sense of rebellion. And they're not doing it as like, I guess, like a style thing. They're doing it as like part of their being. Like a lot of people that I know are like punk. I have them. It's like deeply embedded. It's like an ast- It's not just. Oh, it's I want this for a week. It's this is what I want to look like. This is a long term. This, 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 this is me. Yeah. This is encompassing me. It's yeah. not in any way an aesthetic. It's part of who you are. Things like that are always going to veer towards you know a trend anyway. So yeah. it's, it's yeah. hard. You can't be like you can wear it. You can't wear it. You just have yeah. to like make it open and like let people know like it's not okay if you don't understand why you're making certain yeah. decisions yeah. about yeah. yourself. You know. And I think yeah. that's definitely with like cultural appreciation is understanding like necessarily where it's coming from and like still loving it and wearing it i'm not saying to any person that's not of like caribbean or african descent oh you can't have box braids like by all means put them in your hair but please kind of understand the connotations to them at yeah. some point like i feel like it's more like give respect where respect is due yeah you mean? like you know like if you are if you do like something about a specific culture that doesn't apply to you then inform yourself and, and like kind of try and figure out to what extent you can then carry that on because that's a personally like a, as a, a Caucasian woman that's what I try to do like all the time when I see stuff that I like but that doesn't necessarily apply to something to like to my culture or to my ethnicity or something that I've grown up with like yeah definitely. like I remember reading an article it must have been like a year or two ago there was a girl in America who had a prom dress and it was like a beautiful oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, Chinese like with all the dragons it's a red dress it's like a geisha dress it was beautiful yeah. and she looked beautiful in it and, and she got all bashed she got bashed online I remember going like why are you getting bashed and these people were like oh you're appropriating my culture like, and she literally like no it was a pretty dress I just really wanted to appreciate the culture it was not me trying to appropriate you I think at that point any it's sense. actually bullying and yeah it yeah. was just trolls and I was like I don't like, agree if you're with not that claiming that that's like if yours. you claim that that's yours, then that's then a different that's thing. That's the celebrity that's that's celebrities wear yeah. like these dresses to yeah. film events, and then they receive a bashing online um, yeah. from people. But then, if you look at the actual, there's uh, quite a good video of where people go to say Japan and get their 
the public's reaction to these celebrities wearing yeah. their popular clothing and they love it yeah yeah i mean i've i've yeah. just come back from korea like this summer and they're like they want you to like it they make money off of it like you hire uh handbox which is their typical like dress and everything and if you wear you get like for free you get in into like the historical places and stuff so like can i yeah. wear a handbox can, can i ask a question that's always a question um, so when she was wearing that dress it's like it was kind of a capable she was just wearing it because it was something that looked good on her but how is that different from when people want to wear dreads that's what I'm wondering what is the line between like you can say as long as you respect it wait where was this girl from she was American she was like like American American like she wasn't mixed or anything the thing is what I found quite harsh online she she was a prom dress she was admiring it because it was aesthetically beautiful Mm -hmm. and it was from a trend where a lot of people were wearing them in general but she was quite younger I think she was only like 16 yeah and it was the fact that she was getting like absolutely bullied for yeah. it and maybe I don't like I found it from I can understand why she finds it beautiful I can understand that mm-hmm. um, but I think also I could also find it from the sense of someone from that community finding it offensive her not really understanding because mm-hmm. it's obviously got a lot of meaning to it Yeah. but I again I'm not from that culture I can't speak yeah, for them yeah exactly what I was going to say I could like, see it from that perspective where there's like course like since there's no one in this room that can kind of like vouch for that yeah. like for east asian in particular cultures we can't really speak about it mm. but i do stand by the like inform yourself respect it and then yeah. like don't claim it as yours and i think if you see somebody doing that bullying them and being aggressive which happens a lot on the internet it's mm. not the answer like if that person is genuinely ignorant then you go up to them and you like educate them and you tell them like hey are you wearing this because yeah. or are you doing this because of this yeah. or do you actually know what's behind it and tell yeah. them and then they'll be more receptive than you think like to understand maybe you genuinely don't know yeah. but I, mean, I feel like oh, sorry, you, you had a point you know when in the beginning when you said a lot of um, the anger with cultural appropriation comes from inequality I feel like all that anger on that girl's post loads of people probably didn't even care you know yeah. it's just where can I take all my anger? Okay, this girl, yeah. why is she mm-hmm. doing this? And she's white. Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, that doesn't make it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Doesn't excuse it. Like if if it it's wrong, it doesn't make it okay. Mm. But there's there's but like think a there's difference a between the attitude that you can have regarding to that, like mm. whether you're just attacked. I think the way she was attacked, I definitely disagree with. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong. I if I, I saw someone who was Caucasian with dreadlocks, I wouldn't go up like, why are you wearing them? Yeah, I. Mm-hmm. I will stay for. I will I've not seen that happen, though. Yeah. Really? I'm not that yeah, type of person. London, I've seen that happen on London Underground. Yeah, no, I definitely witnessed oh. it on London Underground before. But yeah, Especially I think like in in this day and age where like it's people like are speaking my, up yeah. a lot about yeah. different things, so it's it's almost because it's almost like the sense of cultural appropriation. I think where people get most angry is sorry, <coughs> like in America, there's. Like where they go to Coachella, is it Coachella? Coachella, and they wear like Native American headbands. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I think that's a genuine issue because obviously with uh, America there was a big, big problem with slaughtering the native people and And then it's destroying their culture. Still doing it. It's very darkly ironic to them wear that headband. Yeah, it's. I think cultural appropriation has a big issue. There is a lot of kind of anger but things with like 
when people do it to like the Native American culture, yeah, the who has been destroyed and decimated pretty much all of their history, yeah, because of what some colonists from England going, we want this land, we're having it. Sorry, there's no one here, guys. Don't worry about all these thousands of people. Don't worry, guys. It's now ours, yeah. and de- decimating their like sacred ground, building on it. But I think that's that anger is the same type of a similar type, not the same. Let's not put it on the same part, but same type of anger that people that link to slavery because it's the same type of having a mass slaughter. It never really being resolved. Yeah, yeah. Like people yeah. going, oh, like why do you care about slavery? It was like four hundred years ago. I'm like, actually, it's like less than two hundred years yeah, ago. The like, classic. It's, you weren't even there. Well, I don't care if I wasn't there. Like I can track my history so back. You could argue it's still happening today. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's definitely yeah, modern it is, day yeah. slavery is still a thing. It's still a thing, yeah. But we don't look at it because it doesn't happen near us. We've washed our hands of it now. Yeah. But it's still absolutely ridiculous. Very common in the UK. You'd be it's very surprised. It really is. And but we were like, oh, we're we're such a great country now. We don't. Let's just ignore just all the here. stuff yeah. that's happened behind us. Like we don't need to know about those people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they, 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 like we don't need to know. But that's terrible. That's the attitude that got us into slavery, got us into colonialism, and we are still not learning our lessons. Like we can, we, like the idea of privacy now is a, just a modern day version of, like selling your details. Like the internet just has all your details. Whatever yeah. you Google, whatever you have, they know more about you. It's the idea of you're like basically enslaved to them. They know everything about you. Yeah. In a sense of like a very tragic story of they can do whatever they want i'm going off track are you guys okay no 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 no. i'm just thinking (laughs) i think my face just expresses it it's just like you're there's no one no but there is like we are slaves to the digital world we are slaves to the digital world but not in the same way as slavery i'm not putting that as equals no way going to still and that's why we're gonna have multiple episodes about this and you know whenever it, we feel whenever you guys feel is important to talk about if you if anybody who's listening more than importantly y'all wanna y'all um yeah no if you guys if anyone like wants to talk about it and wants to just join the society please 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 like message us uh look for the like page and just get in touch because this as all of the other episodes we've made this is just as important if not one of the most important things we've ever talked about so yeah and like we need to bring awareness and even before when we were talking about uni there's so much that uni is great but there's so much that could be better and yeah. that's what we want to do and as I would, like Stella was saying <coughs> earlier as well it's really important to create safe spaces for everybody to yeah kind of feel like they can come forward and, and discuss it yeah. yeah just like a safe so, inclusive environment yeah and it's important like this conversation will carry on happening because yeah at the end of the day black history month shouldn't just be a month yeah it shouldn't have to be a black it shouldn't history have to be. yeah exactly but there is and that's my goal this year is it's not just going to be a month there's going to be stuff going on yeah year. good but i think it's just creating a safe inclusive environment and yeah. we're gonna have to push it at aub because Unfortunately, we have like a lot of issues with faculty members not really understanding yeah. race, yeah, not course, like yeah. not really understanding things like there's a campaign at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe her, which is basically I think it was a chancellor or one of the high faculty members 
asked the girl what she was wearing when she got attacked and was blaming the girl so that's going on so we have issues that we need to face and race is one of them and talking about it and i would happily have a sit down conversation with our chancellor about race i would love to it would be absolutely (laughs) wonderful I think yeah, that please. we could record that. <laughs> no, but like, no, we couldn't because well. that's that we're not, you know, <laughs> it's not about making that public because, of course, that would be very, it's about having but it's about having yeah. the conversation. That's what matters. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys for coming. Thank you for having yeah, us. Thank you thank for you having us. It was, yeah, it was good. And, of course, you guys will come back. If you yes. want yeah, you'll see me again. Uh, yeah. Michael yeah. will yeah. definitely... I'll Michael will definitely be back because he's a first year, so he'll <coughs> stick to oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, first year, yeah. Then, hello, everybody was like, oh. I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm the show. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> it only gets How worse. How it get much worse? <laughs> oh, it does. <laughs> I can't believe um, you just asked that. Just drop out. Yeah. Just drop only. out. It's <laughs> <laughs> borrowed nine grand. Just shoot. Just put the nine grand down the me. Just go. Wait, let's not talk about that. It's seventy one. pounds a day. Let's not even. Let's not think about that. Seventy pound a day. Yeah. Our tutor said, if you don't come in, you might as well flush that seventy pound down the toilet. They told us it's one hundred and twenty-five quid. Oh, because it got higher. Oh, we were in nine thousand. Oh, Do you pay more for your third year? No, 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 no. You pay more. You pay more what? than we do. What do you pay? Nine thousand two hundred. Oh yeah, no, we pay. I pay nine thousand two hundred. Oh okay. You yeah. don't. I do, I don't think I do because yeah. they raised it as I transferred into BA after my foundation. Thank you for using me. Love you too. Okay, well for all for all your, your I don't know what I was gonna say. Never mind. <laughs> for all my dodgy jokes. For all my for all my <laughs> listeners out there. We love yeah. any of them. Stay safe. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you here. You hear from us next time. Bye bye. 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 Bye.